Mexican invasion! Hello, good evening, and good morning, wherever you are around the world. This is another edition of Invasion of the Weird. I'm your host, Agent H, and I am joined today by not one, but two co-hosts. I've got... The G-Man. Agent J, how's it going? Joining us today is the science department of our little black budget project we got going on over here. Agent Jay's joining us to try to keep us straight and on budget. So, today's episode that we'll get into is actually from listener request. And I hope it's a good one. Yeah, um, I want to talk about for a second how fucking nuts the world is right now. The entire West Coast is on fire. Parts Parts of the rest of the U.S., all of Can- good chunk of Western Canada. But is it on purpose? Because the federal government owns over eighty percent of public lands in California, and if they were talking about it being a brush problem, then that's on them. Well, I think it's also because uh, the Australians duped everybody in California not once but twice with the same problem. They did. Yeah, that that's one of my favorite stories. So. Literally, a hundred years ago, in the 1920s, the Australians told Californians about this dope tree native to Australia called the eucalyptus plant. And uh, lo and behold, they didn't tell them that it took a hundred years to mature to be able to use them for any fancy oils or whatever they planted. Yeah, but, but they, they also didn't tell you that it secretes extremely flammable liquid. It almost explodes if it catches fire. It basically yeah. explodes. And it's 100 years later, California's exploded. You know what? There might be something there, there might not be something there. But you know, those trees are beautiful, so <laughs> why not keep them around? I mean, it's just hilarious to me that it came from Australia. Because those people were already there for a reason. Then they pull this crap. You gotta find a new island to send them to. Dirty criminal colonies. Shout out to listeners in Australia, though. Looks like about 5% of you are Australians. So, uh, since it's good night here, uh, good day, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I want to talk about ancient mega-events. Much like what's going on, if you look right outside the window right now, it is. it looks like Mars outside, the sun is the angry eye of Ra. It's, to quote Peaky Blinders, it's fucking biblical, mate. Well, today we're going to talk about super events that may technically be prehistoric, as we're talking about pre-show with uh, Agent J here, but somehow made it into... Most, if not all, major world religions as a sort of record. And just to clarify, prehistoric means between 3.3 million years ago and 5,300 years ago. And that's between when Hamans created stone tools and when we started writing. Just to clarify, is that, like, that is when we start tying rock to stick... 
and the original draft of the Epic of Gilgamesh was written. Basically. Okay, got it. Actually, this this is going to be a good segue into my first topic. The Ice Age would be prehistoric, right? Right. Yeah. And, Agent J, can you tell us what classifies an Ice Age as an Ice Age? What are some of the main characteristics of such? Global cooling period. Ice mantles have covered North America, much of Europe. So, giant glaciers covering the land masses of North America and Europe? Exactly. And if all the ice is on land, that's that's water, as we know. Would that mean that the ocean level would have been significantly lower? Theoretically. I mean, that's where supposedly we get the Bering Land Strait and the uh, English Channel wasn't there. And how us humans prehistorically moved into these areas. Correct. But what if I told you that there is evidence of the last Ice Age coming to an end, not slowly, but fairly rapidly? How rapidly are we speaking? In a matter of a couple hundred years? I'm saying rapidly to the point where we had literal giant floods of melted ice and slurry cover vast swaths of previously habitated land. Oh, what kind of super events are you talking about? If you look at the map today, all major human civilizations, almost all, clarify there, are on the coast. All the biggest cities in the United States, biggest cities in Australia, same goes for Europe, Asia. We go to the water, and that's where we set up our major civilizations. Right. So, hypothetically, we did the same thing when we first started putting shit together. We started settling down, we put those on the coast, and then, much like we're worried about today, with the ocean rising, the ocean just rose and swallowed our then-civilization up, and we had to restart from scratch all over again until the... uh, Sumerians, and the Fertile Crescent, and ancient Babylon. Uh, We know for a fact there was a giant flood that covered most of the northwest of the United States, called the Missoula Great Floods, and around where Azerbaijan is now, another great ice dam broke and covered the land there. So if similar events happened, and a great ocean rising happened all at once, Everything that was on the coast would have been swallowed, and all of the people who survived that would have passed stories down to their kids of the Great Flood. Okay, so you're talking about the Great Flood, and is this referencing that for sure it happened because everybody has a story from uh, Native Americans to other religions around the world, say... Noah's Ark our story, or I believe I couldn't tell you off the name off the top of my head. I think the Buddhists have talked about a great flood. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Muslims uh, have talked about a great flood. Mesopotamia, the Epic of Gilgamesh, has a great flood. Zoroastrians of ancient Persia have a great flood. 
most of Norse mythology is lost to the sands of time. We only have the Edda, which has some great stories, but it's only a sliver of what they had. So they could have had a great flood. Uh, comes to mind, there's the native story of the fox and the otter, and the otter going down during the great flood and pulling clay up from the bottom and bringing land back up to the surface so that uh, humans and the animals had a place to live again. And I think we're skipping one of the biggest ones. We got the story of Atlantis from Plato. Is it so hard to believe? No, we talked about this on the show. Atlantis is in the middle of the Sahara. It definitely could be. And it's after our water levels had probably dropped again after, said Great Flood. Have you ever heard of the Eye of the Sahara? No, but I do know there's many underwater cities around the Fertile Crescent. There are a shitload of underwater cities around the Fertile Crescent. And there is underwater structures in the Caribbean. There's underwater structures off the coast of Japan. And it just blows my mind to think that water's always been where it is if we literally have cities that we can go and find currently underwater. Also, I would like to add, if you do believe that there are cities in the middle of the Sahara that were burnt and lost to time from floods, then I would say it is possible because the climate of a place can vary greatly over time. And I mean, as the plates shift, tectonics move, which, I mean, we're talking about millions of years here, right? We're talking about at least hundreds of thousands of years. Maybe not tectonics, but there can be other shifts in the planet that would cause an entire climate to change. Yeah, we will go into another hypothesis. I saw the movie Ice Age. I'm like 80% sure that takes place uh, Russia, maybe northern Canada. At the end of this episode, we are going to go into a hypothesis that not only have there been human civilizations that have been wiped out and restarted, but there could have been pre-hominid civilizations on this earth. And if it was millions of years of time, the fact is that the sands of time would erode almost all evidence of them ever existing in the first place. But we will come back onto that one. Speaking of the floods and great water damage to ancient civilization, we were talking about the Iceland, the Sahara, and Mauritania. The reason people think that that might have been Atlantis is because the area of the Sahara is three uh, intrinsic circles going out, matching the description of the foundations of Atlantis in Plato's story. But everything's gone. You just have the stone rings, and it's in some super inhospitable area now. Another thing, under... I think I saw something online, kind of off topic, kind of is, somewhere in that area of the Sahara, somebody has set off and set up some speaker systems to infinitely play, and solar panels to charge it, infinitely play Toto's Africa. That is that is true. I doubt that their plan worked out because the shifting of the sand probably ate that thing within two days flat. And it's really hard to charge your solar panel under 50 feet 
of course, Sam. Still cool, though. But the Great Sphinx of Egypt might be the oldest thing there. Yes. There's a couple things that make us think that. One, stories have it that underneath the Sphinx is the great uh, archive of the Atlanteans, but we haven't dug down to get to it yet. That's just a cool thing. That's not an H thing. Second thing is that the human head on it is completely disproportionate to the rest of the body. So the theory is that it once was a great lion with a full lion's head. Through weathering and possibly an earthquake or something, that lion head was irreparably damaged. And now they just had a lion's body with a big nub on top. So they said, hey, let's carve this to look like Khufu, whichever pharaoh we wanted. And that's why it's so weird. The other thing that makes it seem old, and this is the most convincing part, is in a climate that should have been super dry the last few thousand years, it has significant water erosion. Anything on that one? J-Man? Well, rivers cut new channels and they move all over the place through history. Not to mention people do love living in arid places. A lot of great civilization excuse me, has arisen because of the need for innovation and living in such harsh environments. There are some old uh, ancient Greek maps that I've seen, and I'll try to find them and throw them up on the Instagram, where instead of the Nile being north-south, it's east-west, and it lets out where Atlantis was supposed to be on the maps, not too far from where the Azera is in Mauritania. Just thought of that. Kind of crazy tidbit. I'd love to see why that is. Time to move any river. You look at the uh, deserts in the United States, and you see large structures in the middle of desert, just hundreds, maybe even thousand miles away from any water. It was cut by old channels. It's got the smooth ridges, and you can see the layers where the years have cut by. Right, boys, what's next up on the list? Uh, we can always talk about ancient nukes. Ancient nukes, you say? Yeah, you want to talk about I ancient nukes? I am in. What do you think about ancient nukes there? Uh, this is going to get confusing. We have G and J. All right, so, so if you want to call me um, Falcon 1 for the rest of the episode, I'm cool with that. But And uh, Agent J can be read too? Yes, just to keep the confusion different. But when it comes to ancient nukes, I'm Actually, talking about like glass cities, like Hiroshima version negative one. Are you talking about Mohenjo Mohenjo Jaro? Yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce me, it. Oh but, my oh. god, let me try to uh, double check that pronunciation. Yeah, I'm not wrong. It's uh, Mohenjo Jaro. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce that. Uh, what I will tell you is that I'm pretty sure it was located in Pakistan. And uh, as the internet says for the past about a month now, we are all willing to sacrifice our own life for Pakistan. (laughs) Uh, I just want to point out, so have you ever read into the ancient Hindu texts, like the Bhagavad Gita? Yeah, isn't it basically Star Wars? It's basically Star Wars. They're literally flying around in spaceships, shooting lasers and missiles at each other, all 
be it explained through a Bronze Age sense of the world, but there's floating cities that send chariots back and forth to each other that are shooting these quote-unquote arrows that once they fall to the ground cause absolute destruction. I bring this up because Pakistan, historically, I'm not saying now, historically, in the past, as a matter of fact, was part of the greater Indian subcontinent. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Mohenjo-Daro and things from the Bhagavad Gita are one and the same. Specifically, there's a part where one of the gods shoots an arrow, and once it makes contact with the land, it is said to explode with the brilliance of 10,000 suns and leave everything in its wake as ash. Oh, you mean like a nuke? You know, or just a like. Meteor. I mean, maybe a meteor, but. Or a meteor. But just like a nuke. Uh, found by Soviet scientist Mohenjo Daro has skeletons just in the street who died in the position that they were at that moment. The grounds itself is, I hope I'm saying this right, eviscerated. It's been literally glassed. The ground is fused together. The buildings are fused together. It's like that scene in Halo 3. If any of y'all played that. Yeah, New, New Mombasa. It gets melted and solidified Real fucking quick by a covenant, uh, uh, what do they call it? A Corvette is what yeah. they called their frigates. Their their cruisers, glass half a continent. That's what they call it. They call it glassing. What do you think about? It? Well, you know, I remember you guys talking about extreme heat, extreme light, and radiation. Those are all meteor-like symptoms to me of an extreme event like this. All right, so I'm going to take your skepticism, and flip it on you. We all know that the dinosaurs create extinction was via meteor. What if the great dinosaur extinction was via dinosaur? You know, we do have evidence of the meteor in the Gulf of Mexico, though. We have the impact region where it's a little bit more irradiated and just a large hole in the ground, basically. Oh, you mean like fat boy or fat man and little boy? I don't know that those would leave as big enough an impact to be lasting for millions of years. Oh, so you're thinking like ocean. Oh, double Sarbaba. But speaking of craters, wouldn't Mohenjo-Daro be a crater if it was hit by a meteor or an asteroid? Not unless it was uh, a couple kilometers away from the actual blast radius and it's just the aftermath. And then what are the stories of the gods literally fighting in the sky, flying around, shooting each other, and then their weapons causing this? Possible UFOs. I mean, Star Wars. By, by definition, gods would be extraterrestrials because they are not of this earth. So an extraterrestrial yeah. literally translates and to And their chariots would just be the best way they could describe a UFO, an unidentified flying object? Because yeah. chariots don't fly. Well, if you, if you go into the Bible, too, they literally describe chariots of fire. He sees those insane wheels upon wheels, flaming bullshit with multi-faced creatures coming out of it. 
I'm not convinced that he didn't see a UFO or something and then tried to explain it away. Now, me being the skeptic knows that people back in the day would eat mushrooms from the forest and see some shit. Is there any other evidence of advanced technology from the civilization? Listen, don't try to explain to me that Viking berserkers are the reason why we have religion. Eh, people gotta worship something. Well, they turned actually, into bears, okay? Actually, I do have a really good point on uh, where these religions would have come from. Have you ever seen the Pacific Islander Air Force cults? No. Army Air cults. This is great. So during... World War II. This is a complete matter of fact, and we will definitely look it up after this episode. The U.S. was doing its island hopping strategy to beat the Japanese back to a point where they could assault the Japanese homeland. As they island hopped, they set up bases and set up paths to meet with these indigenous peoples. They brought gifts. They brought technology. And they came in on unexplainable iron birds. These visitors did not have to hunt for their food, did not fear anything, and were so vastly superior in technology. Like Arthur C. Clarke would say, any technology of sufficient advancement is indistinguishable from magic. So to these people, once the Americans left the war was over, to them, because we didn't plan well enough, to them the gods had left. So they literally built effigies of airplanes and shit out of, like, bamboo from the jungle and put them out and about, hoping to coax the sky people back down to deliver them gifts again. If you had interaction with an alien civilization back in the day as a primitive people, would you not also go, holy shit, I'm going to build some statues of you so you bring me more stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? A little bit. You never heard of that one, did you? No. That's a... Oh, I'm so glad to get him on something. <laughs> that's a good one, though. I do enjoy that story. Um, but that's that's it, really, is that I, I think that... It's nuts if we can just bring it back to the nukes itself. Is that if if it were a nuke and uh, there in Pakistan there was glassed cities that had been found by the Soviets, would that not be some sort of evidence that we had already lived once through what Einstein had said about not knowing what World War Three would fight with, but for World War Four would be fought with sticks and stones? bring ourselves back to a stone age. Yeah, Einstein said that he did not know what weapons would be used in World War III, but World War IV would be fought with sticks and stones. So if G-Man's point is that it wasn't aliens that nuked us, it was ourselves, we could have just nuked ourselves right back into the stone age. I also want to bring up the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah, because that story... Where we get the term sodomy. I mean, I wasn't going to... Yeah, kind of. So, the repercussions of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah reads a lot like uh, the fallout from Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Anybody who turned and looked went blind. Lod's wife literally turned around and turned into a 
pillar of salt. That's that's just what, how the story goes. She turns, doesn't get away from the blast, is turned into salt, which could just be poof, dusted right there. Uh, but as the story goes on, you get lots of similarities between those who saw the blast and went completely blind and some of the after effects of radiation sickness are described after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament. Which is crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. You got anything on this one, uh, G-Man? Yo, I I just wanted to bring up the fact that there is that story of the ancient nuke and then how it might be real in, in my own personal analysis. But that's about all I've caught on it. I think we should move on to the next thing. You do have to also, take... to touch on, though, how would anyone have seen this event happen? Someone turning into salt, or I'm assuming being vaporized, it has to be close enough to the nucleus of the blast. That's a good point. But seeing a nuclear blast doesn't destroy you. Being too close to one totally does. There's people would have had binoculars to check in. Oh, you don't even need binoculars. There used to be literal watch parties on the Strip of Vegas, uh, promoted by the casino and hotel owners to watch the nuclear blasts in the distance. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, hundred percent true. So you could see it, and you'd be like, "I bet that was a fiery sword that done that one," and nobody would know any better. Plus, as uh, I've already said, you definitely don't have to be that close to see the blast. You know that I love me some video games, and the whole logo of Fallout of Vault Boy giving a thumbs up is an old theory that if you can cover the entire mushroom cloud with your thumb by closing your eye and sticking your thumb out, you're just barely safe to get out of the Fallout radius. I do love that... uh... What was it? Strategic defense uh, survival trick that was given out during the Cold War? Yeah. The next thing up on this list that we have today, I want to talk about when we kind of touched on it when we first got into this uh, episode today. Have you ever heard of something called the Silurian Hypothesis? I hope I'm saying that right. I think it actually gets its name from some villains in old-timey Doctor Who, but it has actually made its foray into scientific philosophy. It's more of a thought experiment than anything else. But have you heard? Never heard of it. So the whole idea is that since humans have only been around for how many hundred thousand years would that be? 300,000 years, apparently, maybe? Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, Homo sapiens. At least several hundred thousand, possibly millions. Possibly millions? Depends on how uh, you want to define uh, the human race. Because we are also part of Neanderthal. I mean, intelligent hominids. If you're going pro Magnum, I am Neanderthal. You're 1% victim. Neanderthal. Anyways, long story short, the idea is that through millions of years of evolution, pre-Great Filter experience, like the asteroid that hit where the Yucatan Peninsula is now and wiped out the dinosaurs, there could have been sufficient time for a race 
to become sufficiently advanced to basically be on our current level that we are now. And if you think we could stop an asteroid right now today, unless Bruce Willis is going out there, I don't think we have very good shots if there's an asteroid coming tomorrow. Wrong. Wrong? Wrong. Hashtag Space Force? Hashtag Space Force. It's going to be John Tyler. John Tyler and the Space Force. Shout out to uh, three episodes ago. Two episodes ago. What are you talking about? Um, out of time was two episodes ago. Out of time was two episodes ago? Yeah, because there's the one... Uh, yeah, whatever. You got a weird backlog. We got a backlog. Shout out to Mr. Tider. We'll fill you on that one. Okay. Episode. Anyways, at the end of the Solarian Hypothesis is that the sands of time itself are so long and so vast that no traces of any previous civilization would last. And any that do, the next civilization that arises in its prehistoric era, would scavenge anything there to make tools out of. So, we use copper wire for all sorts of crap. They could have just found a bunch of copper, melted it down, boom, it's a copper age now. Originally, we think that metal deposits just being out on the open ground are how we decided as a species that metals were cool to use. So how did that metal get up? Was it naturally occurring? Or did something fail a million years ago and leave it there? Crazy. I don't know. I would think it was just prehistoric humans looking at shiny rock, being like, wow, look at shiny rock. It's pretty cool. Yeah, And they exactly. throw it in their fire, see what happens. And eventually one of them threw it in their fire out. It was hot enough. And it melted. And they could use that melted goo into the exactly. Bronze, bronze Age. They'd have no idea if it was anything. He's like, ooga booga, I'm gonna play with this. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And that makes complete sense. And they could be like, unga bunga, this. But there had to be some way, shape, or form before that. It wasn't just that we melted bronze and that was it. When we, because I believe chimps have started their Stone Age. Yeah, chimps are 100% in the Stone Age. They've started using tools. And those with tools are using them to great success in warring with the other chip tribes. And that's, that is a fact, and it's terrifying. Apes strong together. <laughs> yeah, Planet of the Apes is just around the corner. But this Stone Age, we couldn't just melt stone into it. We would form it and like try to cut it with other stones to make it what we had. So Bronze Age, start of the Bronze Age, wouldn't be us melting things. It'd just be like, hey... This little little bit stronger than rock. Let me just slap this to my hammer. A recent discovery out of the Ukraine, March 27, 2020, throws a little bit of fuel, fuel to the Silurian hypothesis that millions of years ago, there could have been another civilization. Already we know that fossilization is an incredibly rare process. Non-organic substances and technologies. You think about how quick they break down in a hundred years or so through rust or just use millions of years ago. You ain't going to find anything. That was until coal miners in Ukraine down deep under the earth. I'm sorry. Hold on. Did you say Ukraine or the Ukraine? The Ukraine. Okay. That's concerning, but we'll keep going. What is the Ukraine? Because the Ukraine is 
just a term for the Outlands via the Soviet Union. So now I'm thinking that you're fighting for the other side there, comrade. It wasn't until the Soviet Union had disbanded and the Ukraine, the Outlands, were like, hey, that's what they call us, is Ukraine. And so that's why Ukraine has its name as its own country now. All right, how about this? Ukrainian coal miners. Okay, okay, okay. Dasvidanya, comrade. Don't talk to me, you dirty piece of shit. <laughs> you think Agent H is a double agent? I have... There might be some HR discussions. Hey, Agent J has known me since the KGB account. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> all right, good jokes all around. By the way, by the way, any listeners out here will say it again. I don't care who was upset the last time I said this, but fuck the commies. Yeah, um, communism bad. Anyways, as the Ukrainians would most likely agree. I mean, they pretty much agree. Them famines were bad. Oof. Anyways, coal miners, Ukraine, deep down in a unfortunately structurally necessary part of the mine, they found embedded in the rock, and I'll show you pictures now and I'll put it up on the Instagram, what looks like a wheel. Right, right. Yeah, but isn't any circle a wheel, really? It's got the spokes and everything. Yeah, this thing has spokes, though. Evenly made. So a perfect circle with spokes buried in a coal mine deep under the earth. Crazy how nature do that. It's <laughs> crazy how nature do that. I don't know. I don't see many uh, naturally occurring spoked wheels anywhere. Well, that's that's earth. exactly what I'm referencing, is that... It's funny to say crazy how nature do that. Specifically, oh, yeah, only that great Yelp review. Only uh, referencing a meme from years ago that said crazy how nature do that while people were were uh, reviewing Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. Yeah, Mount Rushmore. So obviously, Mount Rushmore was not nature made; it was man made. Then they only give it three and a half stars too. Yeah, <laughs> three and a half stars. Mount Rushmore, crazy how nature do that. But to add on the. Uh, argument that humans in our stone age were able to pick up and use old technology. Just for reference. Not use the old technology. Jerry-rig it to whatever their purposes are, including just tying it to a stick and using it as a hammer. Not to say that did or did not happen, but just for reference, that one orangutan who learned sign language knew over, uh, what was it, 300 signs? Uh, Coco the Gorilla. Coco the Gorilla. Oh, Coco said. Coco said. <laughs> But she was Agent H said <laughs> she was only at the third grade level of intelligence, or not third grade. She was a three year old, which is still exponential if you consider us being smooth brained at one point. True, true. So early human hominids, without any formal education at all, versus Coco the gorilla. I think Coco gorilla wins in an IQ test. Yeah. No, cool, cool. There. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You boys got anything else today on crazy ancient stuff? Before we get into some of these uh, listener questions that I've been promising we'll answer for a while. Well, there's a lot of things that we've been promising for a while. So, no, I don't have anything on ancients. Jay, do you have anything else about ancients you'd like to discuss? Not particularly. All right, well then, before we get into these listener questions, I would like to state that we had only grabbed a couple of the older ones 
We're still going to work on our way getting through the other ones of other suggestions from viewers and some other ones. There's some that I've spoken to personally that are genuinely interesting and I'd like to get into, but we just have a backlog of things that we need to discuss and get out to the public. Yes, we do need to do some of the more some more of these listener suggested episode topics, but sometimes sometimes we just have to worry about what we think needs to be brought out on the schedule that we bring out. And I, I just wanted people to know that they shouldn't be upset if we are waiting a little bit of time before we bring it out. Um, yeah, so if you've sent in stories to add in, uh, like I had a great listener send in a whole horrible story about a poltergeist and shadow people and other occult ghosty specter things, we're definitely still doing that episode. And I've got my own story to uh, throw on that one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that don't worry, we will be getting to it. Um, so just hold on tight, stick with us, but we'll definitely get around to the other suggestions made to us. With that being said, I got some listener questions for you boys. Okay. So feel free to take these first. Uh, just jump in if you want. I think we should each give our answer. I've got four of them today. Uh, first up is, what do you think is piloting UFOs scene? Well, before we get into this, and I think that Jay over here should give us his answer. Um, you haven't been with us for the rest of our uh, episode so far. Um, you are aware that the government has confirmed uh, Navy UFO footage and leaked it out to the public saying, hey, there was an actual UFO. Actual unidentified flying objects. Yes. That worked exactly. That worked exactly like they. Yeah. Well, to, to call it a UFO is saying that you don't know what it is. Regardless, it's unidentified flying object. Yeah, it the, could be uh, a Russian. Like, it could be a Russian new plane that we yeah. don't know what it is yet. However, this UFO that they released works almost exactly like uh, Bob Lazar's story from thirty years ago. Of a gravity-defying red mercury, is not, what he called not it. Not red mercury. Red mercury was the Nazi wonder weapon. Okay. This element 115. Element 115-powered uh, unit that could work against gravity. It, it was a disk, and he worked on Area 51 years before Area 51 was officially confirmed by the U.S. government in 2013. So now that you have that context, what do you think could have been piloting that UFO? My instinct is to say artificial intelligence, because we're not too far away ourselves from interacting with such things, and maybe that overtook civilization. I'd imagine that would look... So like a possibly man-made pilot, but not quite human? Yeah, it seems like a long, possibly even uninteresting expedition for an extraterrestrial of that advancement. So you're saying it's an extraterrestrial artificial intelligence? Perhaps. That'd be cool. I'm cool with that answer. Yeah, that's a genuinely good answer. What about you, G-Man? Um, well, I think that there's a number of things that it could be. It could be, just as Jay had said, as a extraterrestrial artificial intelligence, just like a drone would be taking some samples and uh, pictures and stuff for research of us. Or it could be an actual extraterrestrial getting some information on us. Or it could be 
say another government creating or or our own government using what they have recouped from say an alien crash or hashtag Raid Area Fifty One. Yeah, 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 and that's what we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, let's clap some alien cheeks, but if it is us testing out what we think is the way to work out these vehicle off-world vehicles that we've confirmed that we've had that we have. Yeah, I do want to point that out. We didn't say that in the first part. Head physicist from the Pentagon who was giving briefs to the Intelligence Committee and the Armed Forces Committee was quoted saying that in his briefs he was updating Congress on quote unquote off-world vehicles, off-world vehicles not made of this earth. So saying I think it's a UFO of... doesn't necessarily mean it's correct because he's identified it of literally not being of this earth. Yeah, but that's kind of an open-ended answer. Saying it's not of this earth could answer saying that it's from a different world that's not earth. It could be another dimensional earth. It could be future earth. We've discussed on this here podcast, we haven't really discussed open interdimensional discussion, but we have discussed time and space. Yeah, uh, another theory was that what he meant by that was that it was literally fabricated in space. If it's another country's technology, then it is fabricated in some installation that we're not looking at, which I find not very likely because we kind of see what's up there. Yeah, we kind of ISS or even that uh, anomalous Black Knight satellite that people love to spin conspiracies about, which I think is pretty cool. Well, we have space on lockdown. We won the space race. Hashtag Reagan's Star Wars program. Thanks, Reagan Star Wars Thanks, Reagan. Anyway, I think that's the best answer that I have. Is there anything else that you'd like to bring up on that, H? Or would you like to go to the next one? So I messaged this listener back, not to leave him hanging, that in my chances of likelihood of what is piloting these crafts, and I didn't even think of extraterrestrial AI, so I'll just put that under my number two. Uh, so number one, it's probably one of ours. It's the U.S.'s, and they just didn't tell those Navy pilots that they were testing it out there. And they wanted to see how much more advanced this craft was than what we are currently using. Well, are you aware that our uh, Raptors are still running on 80s IBMs specifically because it's such a complex work and the reason that it's working on IBMs hashtag thanks John Tider. Yeah thanks John Tider. Um it's also our Raptors are impossible to be hacked yeah. because they're running on super old 80s IBMs. Uh I do know that the nuclear program runs on the precursor to floppy disks because they're so secure. Yeah. Uh number two aliens. Robot aliens is a cool twist on that one. I will give you that, Jay. Yeah, who's to say we're not just on the Discovery Channel for some faraway civilization? Welcome to Twilight Zone. I wonder how much alien National Geographic has of human titties, much like our own National Geographic. Uh, We can go ahead and cut that if you don't like that. No, we're keeping alien titties. Thanks. Uh, Third, 
like Senator Marco Rubio said, coming out of this uh, intelligence committee, we better hope it's aliens and not one of our geopolitical adversaries like Russia or China. Because if it's Russian or Chinese and they have leapfrogged us technologically to this level, we're so screwed. They're literally playing with the fabric of space-time to make this object fly the way that it did. Fourth, and this is decreasing in likelihood, to tie in with our episode today, it's the remnants of a lost older civilization just hiding out Wakanda-style in the background. Atlantis. Chadwick Boseman. R.I.P. Black Panther. Some old Atlantean just kind of getting his kicks off by spying on us. Yeah, uh, another thing that kind of makes me point that way is, so Bob Lazar has been right again and again, more and more as the years come out. Now there's this video, and it's the most compelling UFO video ever caught, and it's the most credible, and it has made the government come out and say, UFOs are a thing. Acts just like Lazar's craft that he described how it worked. Dude knew about Element 115 before it was ever discovered. The list goes on and on and on. He said he was briefed at Area 51 that the majority of the crafts that they worked on, and you would think it was Roswell crash, something like that? Nah. Archaeological digs. The claim was that these were dug up from old civilization. So if it was like an Atlantean uh, hangar that they found, that they just stopped using... And they could do this. No way a flood wiped them out. It might have physically taken the location and they relocated. But that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And fifth, probably the least likely, but I still like it. And I was talking to a listener in Germany the other day about this, is that these crafts are piloted by Nazis. Holdovers from the Second World War. I totally understand that. And uh, as you know, that before we put our own hat in the circle of conspiracy podcasting, we've, we've listened to see what other civilian podcasts would say. And I've seen a lot of things that says Operation Paperclip was only a minor success and that we... Snagged a couple scientists for ourselves. The USSR snagged a couple scientists for themselves, but they were only lower class uh, scientists. The rest of them managed to escape and create their own. Yeah. System. So the theory is that we got the JV squad, and they still sent us to the moon and created the CIA, MK Ultra projects, and other horrors. Have you ever heard of something called New Schwabenland or New Schwabia? No. So is that I just want to point out that the saucer frenzy only started post World War II, right? That's facts. It starts Maury Island in the Pacific Northwest, and then a week later, Kenneth Arnold sees, I believe, nine uh, crescent-shaped objects, quote, skipping like stones. Through the air. This is the late 40s, right after World War II. Also, right after World War II, the US and its allies sent, and much of this is still kind of classified, 
a giant naval battalion down to Antarctica in the area where the Nazis were building a base in New Swabia. It's called Operation High Jump. Okay, so yeah, we are definitely talking about the same thing. I had listened and read about uh, a German colony in Antarctica that, and this is where it gets a little crazy that I don't quite follow it, but the New Schwabia is also known as New Berlin. And New Berlin was actually just built on top of an older settlement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is that theory that the Nazis found Atlantis and then built their own stuff on Atlantis. That's exactly that theory. However, you know, it's not it's not too far off from most of the things that we've We're getting real Iron about. Skies and uh, Call of Duty Zombies all of a sudden. I guess, yeah. I mean, Call of Duty Zombies also just kind of threw Element 115 out there for everybody. They did. Maybe we should just go into a whole weird Nazi thing. Another... Yeah, maybe down the road we'll talk about the weird Nazi things. Because I definitely want to talk about like the Vril Society and some of the occult secret societies within. Well, beyond that, I want to talk to talk about it on the lesser scale, not the more out there in the extraordinary things, but the the conspiracies that we have here in America that kind of coalesce with the the Nazis, really the the. Uh, what are they called? Brown shirts? Yeah. Just creating their riots and oh, yeah. all their nonsense? We should really talk about that. So anyway. Anyway, next question. Well, um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about over here how a third of all young Americans are now not believing that the Holocaust ever even happened or that it was greatly exaggerated. So. Well, that's rough. That, that ideology is spreading again. So maybe it did exist still. Shitballs. Anyways, four... Option five, to be correct, Operation High Jump would have failed and we didn't wipe out the last stronghold of the Nazis in Antarctica. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, we might not have. Uh, and there might, and maybe it's not just in Antarctica, because let's not forget that there was that Japanese officer that believed that the war was still going on. On oh, Guam? In Guam for what was it? Thirty years after, forty years after. Anyways, thank you for sending this one in. Uh, Next one, listener question: Who do you think has been suicided by the deep state? Oh, so many people. I'm not even a conspiracy theorist, but so many. Well, congrats, congrats! You're just working in the uh, agency with us. Why keep you in the science department making, I don't know, what you guys do there in research and development, make baking soda volcanoes or something. Yeah, R&D is kind of nuts. I'm a skeptic to start with, but Martin Luther King Jr. definitely happened. I'm pretty sure documents have been released concerning the plans about it from the FBI and CIA, right? And uh, I do think JFK, because I've talked to Marines on this, and they say that was an impossible shot made by a man who was not well-trained enough to do that shot. Let's see. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, for sure. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein is a definite... Epstein, I just want to say for the record, Epstein didn't kill himself. That's that's 100% sure. Uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. 
And on that same note, I want to bring up Isaac Cappy, who was an actor that was a lower level actor that just had gotten into some bigger things and was like, hey, no, this is all fucked. Um, Tom Hanks is on this. Um, uh, he was outing uh, Kevin Spacey. And then he just kind of suicided himself, even though he was bringing up some real I, good shit. I recently saw that Chester from Linkin Park, Anthony Bourdain, and a bunch of other celebrities that died of suicide around the same time were all coincidentally working on a documentary about oh, yeah, Epstein shit. Yeah, Avicii, Chester from Linkin Park, Anthony Bourdain, and I think one other one, but they all died of suicidal depression right around the same time. They all just happened to be working on a documentary to bring the Epstein shit to light. Well, not just the Epstein shit. We keep, the, the, yeah, we keep talking about Epstein conspiracy. on, like, he's the front of it. No, Epstein is what is known the most, but there is such a large pedophilic circle of elites that are out here doing what they want, taking what they want, and harming innocent children. They're fucking kids, man. And they're fucking getting away with it because they have enough they have enough pull. I saw I shared a video on Instagram a few weeks ago of uh, it had Steve Harvey on it on his show and it had oh what's that lady? Sandra Bullock talking on the Ellen show and then a few other celebrities about this uh, miracle skin lotion. Yeah. And they I put saw it that. they put it on Steve Harvey. And he puts it on. It's like, oh, wow, it's tightening up already. And the lady giving him the sample is like, yeah, that's made out of uh, fetal foreskins. These fucking monsters. That's some goop shit right are li- Yeah, some fucking goop shit are literally using. And it, it just looks like blood. When it comes out of the bottle, it looks straight like blood. You put it on, it's fucking baby dicks. They're rubbing baby dicks into their face. No, and that's what fucking blows my mind, and it pisses me off to no end. I've been in this for too long to think about how there's so much innocence out there that's just being destroyed. And it's not just, it's not just, everybody has a way to fucking uh, profit off of this. It's, and I don't care how you feel about the agency itself. But, like, Planned Parenthood has been proven to be selling stem cells off of fetuses. They can do all kinds of great things. Mammograms, great. I love that shit. Take that shit. Run with it. But the moment you start selling stem cells off of fetuses for profit... There was a Project Veritas thing recently. I don't want to get into uh, them too much because we're going to get kind of worked up. You're right. I need to calm down. But uh, there was a Project Veritas thing recently where they called around and asked for those services that are always touted on why this organization is so important, like cancer screenings and mammograms and da-da-da-da-da. And eight out of ten times when they called in, the clinic that they called was like, yeah, we don't do that, which is awful. Uh, but if we're talking about suicide people... Suicide people, that, Isaac Cappy is an unsung hero and needs to be discussed. Avicii needs to be discussed... Uh, Chester What's-His-Fuck from Lincoln Park needs to be discussed. Anthony Bourdain needs to be discussed. 
Um, also, you guys were saying something that blew my mind. I thought Tom Hanks was the same. Dude, Tom Hanks is wrapped up in this Epstein shit. To high heaven. To high hell, man. This isn't the question, but Tom Hanks shows up on the fucking Epstein flight log going to child sex slave island multiple times. And then Epstein kills himself. Ooh. He's in the clear. All these elites are in the goddamn clear. Lo and behold, Ghislaine gets caught. She uh, claims to have all the same evidence that good old Jeffrey had. and they Let alone the fact that the moment Ghislaine gets caught, we start finding a ton of missing children in Georgia and shit. Yeah, that... Honestly, I would not be surprised. And we're not talking about it in the mainstream media. That's yeah. why we started this project in the beginning. Yes, there have been a shitload of found trafficked kids since Ghislaine has been caught. Like she, conspiracy is, and this is honestly just how law enforcement works. They have an informant now, and they are executing on the information that they have without giving up that they have the information in the first place. Crazy. Anyways, Ghislaine gets caught. Hanks, who's wrapped up in all this, America's sweetheart. He fooled me so good. <laughs> G, G, G. Almaty. He immediately moves to Greece. They're like, that's cool. Greek food's awesome. Mediterranean's great to swim in. I love goats. I love a euro. I love a euro. Everything's cheap because their economy has failed. The thing about Greece is they do not have an extradition treaty with the U.S. So if you were wrapped up in all of this and needed a safe haven, Greece would be the place to go. Just to finish off this listener question, now that we've gone so far off the rails, uh, Clinton body count, those are some suicided people, including that fella who, uh, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he was set to testify the next day on some Clinton corruption and uh, was found dead by apparent suicide with two bullets to the back of his own head. Yeah. Because, you know, after you shoot yourself in the back of the head, you do it a second time. For good measure, yeah. All right. Less serious listener question. I'm going to start with Jay. What you think about the dog man? Uh, I know man can be dogs. I don't know what the dog man is. <laughs> G-man, dog man, Joe. Well, as compared to our R&D friend over there, uh, we, the dog man is essentially just a werewolf. Am I, am I wrong? You know what? I have a theory that it's a werewolf. Other people think it's its own cryptid. Other people think that it's just Bigfoot with a snout. Okay, well. Essentially a man, bear, pig. That being said, werewolf isn't completely out of the question. I know for a fact that we have somewhere in the log that we are doing a cryptid episode and we're discussing the Beast of Bray Road. Yes, we're going to talk about the Beast of Bray Road. And that for fact is just another dog man based on what I know of. So, this yes, werewolf, true. Enough to the point where even local government is like, hey, we need sil- silver bullets. Yeah. So there were these werewolf sightings in Wisconsin that got so severe that... All the county sheriffs and sheriff's deputies started carrying silver bullets. I'm dead serious. It's going to be a great episode. All right. 
last question of the episode. Do you have a favorite cryptid? Let me start this. Let me start this now that I've calmed down from the Tom Hanks. Um, yes, my favorite cryptid, 100%, is the Mothman. As we discussed in our very first episode about how I knew an older uh, Native man that said that the Sasquatch was a guardian of the forest, Mothman is a guardian of life itself. And that's why he's only seen at uh, just before great disasters, such as the Silver Bridge and allegedly Chernobyl. Yeah. We'll discuss that and, at a later uh, time, though. There were a great rash of Mothman sightings right before the coronavirus pandemic started. That's what I'm this, saying. Uh, last year. He is a shame. guardian of life to try to give us a warning that something's about to go down. Well, it's a shame he couldn't actually stop it. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Mothman never stops. He just goes, y'all are gonna die. But, you know, this might have to be next episode because I was gonna say Mothman was my favorite cryptid also, but I, I'm i not gonna take it from you. Okay. So, I'm gonna have to go with the good old Sasquatch. Is that uh, Sasquatch as in Sasquatch Sasquatch? Or like the meme you had recently posted onto the Instagram saying that Here's a pie chart of the cryptids. 99% of it is, uh, or like 3% of it is cool, interesting, unique uh, creatures. And then the other 90% is like Sasquatch, but with a different name. Yeah, small towns that see a Sasquatch and then go, we got no idea what this is. This is the uh, Falcon Monster now. Yeah, the, the Skunk Ape. The Yeti. The Skookum. The Skookum. That's an awesome word. It's an old native word meaning mountain demon. Yes. That's where right. the uh, Skookum cast was taken and named after. Alright, of, of spooky things. You got a favorite spooky uh, homeboy there, Agent J? I like the idea of lizard people. Shedding their skins at night with uh, double eyelids and... Uh... <laughs> Now, is this no, just yeah. lizard people in general, or are you talking like a genuine skinwalker? No. Skinwalker. Ooh. We're going to get into that after this episode, because this episode's getting a little long in the tooth as it is. But, do you mean lizard man, like the lizard man reports out of the bayou in the south, uh, east of the U.S., where it's humanoid reptiles? Or do you mean lizard people, as in reptilian aliens from another world? Reptilian aliens. Although... Florida man did capture an alligator and have his wife. <laughs> so, who's to say they're not going to try to get revenge for that one? You know, every time I go to the aquarium, I think about punching the stingrays just so they know that Steve Irwin still got shooters out here. But to touch on Mothman being a warning, some insects, especially dragonflies, are a good indicator of air quality. So, you know, if they're dying off, then you got some shit coming your way. Ooh, I love so, it. Insect hominids should be a good warning. All right, folks, you heard it here. R&D is actually helpful in discussing the cryptids. R&D knows about the moths and or moth peoples, and we may need to bring them on for this upcoming Mothman episode. Anyways, this has been Invasion of the Weird. I'm Agent H. The G-Man. Agent J. And we are signing off for the night. Thank you.